Hello, welcome to The Mind Grove, where we briefly explore everyday topics to challenge thoughts that are probably taken for granted. I'm Henry, an enthusiast with a passion for the social sciences and helping people realize their potentials. Views on this show are exclusively those of myself and my associates. They're aimed at informing and inspiring, not intended for recommendation or advice purposes. Findings and conclusions here are not absolute. They are subject to improvements where relevant. Today's show is titled Better Dead or Alive. With today's world full of concerning issues of all sorts, it's becoming more common to find feelings of depression. Statistics show that depression is the predominant mental health problem worldwide, followed by anxiety, schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder. According to the National Health Services here in the UK, depression is more than simply feeling unhappy or fed up for a few days. Most people go through periods of feeling down, but when you're depressed, you feel persistently sad for weeks or months rather than just a few days. Depression is not a sign of weakness or something you can snap out of by pulling yourself together. From the mild symptoms and cases of depression to the severe aspect at some point, depression is one challenge that tends to lead those affected asking, should I keep living with this or am I better off dead? Joining us on a brief exploration of this subject via a recorded interview is a dear friend of mine, Mr. Reinhard Joseph. Although, like most people, I have experienced mild moments of depression that are triggered by sad events or other issues. Bernard has experienced slightly more severe symptoms and today he will be sharing those experiences with us. Enjoy. Alright, so nice to meet you once again. Reinhard. Hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing, Mr. H? Hope you're well. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I see your podcast thing doing well. I see yeah. the new movements are happening. Yeah, it's nice to yeah, have no, you. I'm looking forward to having a good chat with you, really. Yeah, it's nice to have you on. So, um, of course, we discussed about what the topic would be today around um, depression and around suicidal tendencies. Um, I would like, before we start, the first question I have is just to allow you to introduce yourself, to tell us a bit more about, you know, yourself, um, you know, your background and um, just a bit, a bit so the audience or listeners will be able to get an understanding of, um, you know, your, your space at the moment. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, that's cool. Uh, well, my name is Reinhard Joseph. Um, I was born in Ghana. Um, um, to parents who are um, half, well, I'm half Ghanaian, half Lebanese. My mother is from Ghana and my father is Lebanese, so mixed race. Um, I came to this country when I was about nine, ten years old. I was brought up in Ghana with the original roots and, you know, in the culture. And I came here, went to boarding school for ten years, which was a complete change for me. It was a shell shock situation. But you know what? We, we adapt and learn after a couple of years. I adapted and learned and... Um, then I went to university in Cheltenham um, for five years, did hospitality and leisure management as a degree. Um, and um, I've been in sales and marketing for the last 15 to 20 years, worked in Tesco's um, as a trading manager. 
and I worked for a sales company called Macara, which obviously have a lot of key principles with um, Nestle, PepsiCo, recently on Microsoft, Heineken, just really big blue chip companies. And um, yeah, and as you well know, I'm quite passionate about hip hop. Um, and um, uh, yeah, and I'm also really interested in mental health and diversity and inclusion, which I'm also part of too. Well, I'm part of the diversity inclusion forum within the head office. I also want to get into mental health as well. Okay. Well, Welcome. The most important thing yeah. is that I have a wonderful wife and four boys. So, so I just thought I had to put that in there before we move to the next section. So Of course, of course. Nice one. Nice to pull that out as well. And, you know, I think um, the people we leave with, you know, our kids uh, and your, your wife, she's amazing. Um, so they are people that, you know, we can't, we can't afford to ignore. So I do appreciate you bringing that into the introduction ways yeah. you're nothing without your kids and and your lovely yeah. <laughs> right so uh yeah i was about to say the next question i really wanted to just get across to yourself is when did you begin to notice that you were having those signs of depression um well i'll be i was uh, to be honest in my youthful days when i was within 20 25 i was probably saying i was quite cynical and about people with depression i really was i just thought if people can't handle pressure they just become depressed. That was my 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 conclusion to that. I was one of those skeptics saying, why do people have depression? It doesn't make sense because it's really difficult to explain this if you haven't had it or if it hasn't been imparted on you and you're trying to deal with what's going on. So so for me, really, it's um it came real life, life to me when I actually was going through depression, probably in my 30s, and I didn't even realize it was depression, mm. anxiety. So I was thinking from someone in their 20s were thinking you know you just got to be get up and go go to work you know be positive if you don't do it rather than being sat down in your laurels feeling sorry for yourself come on get up put your socks up and go type person yeah, just get going. and it hits you at 30 years old you're you're, you're thinking oh my god mm-hmm. and it came it came like it came just like a ton of bricks really literally i would be just wandering walking around and i was thinking what what's going on why am I getting these strange thoughts in my head? Why am I feeling anxious? Why are these strange situations just automatically trying to bombard me? Why do I want to curl up and just be by myself? And it was completely out of character. So, and I could go back and see, has there been any trauma? Um, was I abused sexually? Or did anything happen to me as a child? I couldn't picture anything like that. It, it was just like a force that came to me in my 30s and I always remember this and it came like a grip so you would say something that it's not it's not it's not easy to actually describe or explain it just happened on its own where you just began to find yourself in that sort of funny space right, let me come on to this section with mental health <clears throat> you can it's like it's like anything like physical basically with physical health right if you if you're putting on weight you can look in the mirror and you see oh my god I'm a bit fat here. I need yeah, to go. And, yeah, I need to, yeah. yeah. Mental health, you can't physically see it. Yeah. It's it's something that happens mentally. So it's it's really more around understanding what's going on mm. and trying to seek help, but also not putting yourself and blaming yourself as a, as a reason for what's going on. So for me, it was it was a real. I always call it a spiritual encounter because. Um, it was still difficult. Look, I had this for about 10 years, right? And I became a Christian 
um, I went through a divorce and it wasn't that the divorce was the reason I had mental health. I had a break breakdown in relationships prior, prior to that, but I was given an option to take medication, which I, with antidepressants, um, and I never took it. But what really, and I, again, what really came to life, everyone is different, by the way, because I've got friends with mental health at different reasons and different, um, um, they've got different answers to their, their cures. But for me, it made sense. It was like a bit of a, a breath of fresh air when I, I gave my life to Christ and and I, I it made sense. When I say it never made sense to me, because it didn't make sense to me till I read a biblical scripture, you know, and I thought, hold on a minute. All this thing stuff that's going on with me emotionally and spiritually is actually written. So I'm not a weirdo, I'm not strange. It's just a process, but I need to understand what I'm going through. So for me, my medicine was was the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And that's what gave me a little bit of What's the word? Relief that you know what? I can I can get help here. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different, you know. Everyone is different. But for me, that that was um that was a great source of comfort. If I'm being truthfully honest with you, because I was literally going downhill. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, the third question that I, that I have here is: um, Are there familiar triggers, you know, trigger points or issues, for example, that would happen that would sort of you notice a pattern where something will happen and then that would sort of easily get you into that space or mind frame or beginning to feel depressed so for things that will happen around you or to you or for you uh you can then tell that you know what each time this this happens or something like this happens i'm beginning to feel this way you know are there anything like that um the truth of the matter is that um there's nothing you can pinpoint on it really but it's important to exercise. I definitely believe it. Like, you know, going out for fresh air, going out for a walk, trying to change your environment, not to be stuck on a computer screen all day. Um, for me, it's, it's definitely a biggie. Exercising, eating healthily is really, it's a biggie as well. Um, you know, stuffing yourself with loads of, you know, sugars and fats and all those type of foods do not help from a physical perspective. And also from a spiritual perspective is just making sure that, um you know you're reading the word and you know when you're when you're feeling anxious don't not taking it so personal thinking that you know what this is me i'm i'm the problem i'm the situation you know what's going on around me you know but believing on what god says about the situation and that you can come out of it but you know second timothy one verse seven i have not given you the spirit of fear but of love power and of a sound mind which was one of my, my scriptures that i use and i've used that probably about a million times every time an attack comes i was keep saying it as, as religiously as it may sound, but it gives me comfort till I know that there's a little bit of freedom and light at the end of the tunnel. But I know that it will come again. But the difference is, is that when these attacks come, I don't curl up. I don't fearful. I'm not sweating so much. I'm not like, because I know I've got the, the medication, that word of God. Everyone is different. Everyone is different. And in terms of root causes, the stuff that I was doing back in the days, remember I said to you earlier, when I was 20, 25, right? This is going to sound a bit strange, but I did, I'd never thought depression even existed. Yeah. I was, I was, I was very, very, well, I was last at the time, very confident. Yeah. Uh, I was going out, you know, getting smashed, mm-hmm. drugs, mm-hmm. pornography, all these things. I was literally living what I thought was freedom, mm-hmm. but it felt like freedom at the time because 
spiritually i was under another realm where that but you know it was so good the enemy for me was like yeah depression doesn't exist but keep you sweet in what you're doing you keep dabbling on those pornography and all those little things that you're doing that's you think is nice and making your physical body feel great but in actual fact those are some of the key things that if i look back 15 years ago i was thinking jesus i thought i was free but in my mind i was completely i was gone so <clears throat> i can pinpoint loads of different things you know and it comes back to probably to my childhood where if i had a little bit more grounding um if i didn't just follow the crowd because i was just easily influenced if everyone was going out doing the drugs going out and uh, getting smashed and i would go on that route rather than sitting at home eating baked beans doing reading any bible or going to classes or just even just watching tv and being what i would call like a square yeah yeah. Actually, I, mean, yeah I was i was the other person so for me yeah it, it is a spiritual thing but some of our physical acts don't help because it can manifest later on in life and i believe some of the stuff that happened to me yeah so i mean the next it leads us next nicely to the next um other question i was gonna ask like you talking about you being that kind of like a, a social a social person and uh, interacting a lot with people and all that kind of stuff um what i really wanted to just say because i think from the way i understand your answer there it sounds to me like it's a combination of trigger points or things that could happen to cause it there's no one size fit all there's no one thing you can say is, is the thing or the other um but all of that tells a story of what leads on and you just find yourself in that space um is that would you agree to that that's the right way to see it Yes, there is, yeah, it is the right, but everything is a balance. That's what I say. Mm, yeah. And if you have an addictive nature like me, whether you like too much chocolate, whether you like too much drink, whether you like too much, whether you want to snort too much cocaine, or yeah. whether you want to take too much weed, you know, or whether you, you know, you want computer nerds. People can just be on a computer screen playing computer games, right? And I know for a fact, 24 hours a day. Those are certain, and I know some people that have completely lost the plot. They can't even leave their room. They've got a potty there that they're going to have to pee and, and yeah. you know. And, and I'm thinking to myself, really, is it gone that bad? So, look, everything that you do, yeah. how long you do it, yeah. has an impact on your mind. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I said to you, you asked me that question earlier. So it's important to just, you've got to break the ice. Go for a walk. Do some exercise. Spend time with the kids. Do a little bit of work. Watch your diet, you know. Take your daily prayer routines and, and you know take them seriously. You know all of those are, are balance. Yeah, good. If you can balance right, you know, yeah. helps definitely your mind. Yeah. So again, I think this is all of this through depression. Again, the mind growth is all around. You know, subjects to do with our thoughts and you know all that kind of stuff. So it is very sort of mind oriented. The next next question really is again around the fact that you are that social kind of person. So. Do you feel like um, when you try to explain this to others, you know, for example, do you find it kind of hard, you know, somewhat difficult? Um, do you get to the sense where do you, do you get a sense of kind of like low self-esteem or probably someone might not understand or take it the wrong way if you were to share how you're, the fact you're going through depression? I mean, you kind of said from the start that, you know, you're the kind of person who never sort of think of depression as a real thing as such. People just take it as an excuse. Um, but now that you understand that it's a real thing, um, do you find it a bit, did, did you at some point kind of find it a bit hard to share your experience with other people? Do you feel like they may not understand or they may belittle your expression if you shared it? 100%. At the time when I was married, my first um, wife, I, I couldn't share a lot of the stuff with her. Yeah. 
couldn't because I just thought she would think I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Literally, and I, I would think she would think that I would need to be locked up. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, I hid a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. It manifested in different ways and different actions, just through fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, the old confident twenty-year-old person was no longer there. The thirty-year-old person was going through some real mental challenges. I was drinking lots. I was even though I wasn't doing drugs like that from my thirties to forties. Still, I was I was really suffering, um, and I couldn't tell anyone. I couldn't really speak to anyone about it, um, and I kept a lot of it to myself, which was not a good look. But it's, it's kind of different nowadays because you didn't have any public figures coming out talking about mental health. Yeah, you know, you've got the likes of Tyson Fury, you've got some real big celebs that really endorse it and you know approach it in such a positive way. Look what's happened to me, and they take it seriously. And and you know, it wasn't a really cool cool thing for a man to talk about. And you know. There's this persona as men, we've got to be with men, we, you know, we're the lions of the house, we've got to try and protect our family, we've got to try and, and really, if, when you think about suicide and, and, and it, what men, one in four people um, suffer from mental health, and a lot of it is like, what, 10%? I've got some stats somewhere that I was looking at earlier, and I thought, I've got to share this, but it's, it's not a good look for men and, and um, in general. Yeah. 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 I think, I think from my perspective, I kind of think like, very so for men, uh, but I think from all sorts of um, position, depend on the person. So if women or children or young people, um, old people, I think it all depends. If, if someone's already in a space or in a, in a kind of like a lifestyle where sharing such things is not really welcome, then it gets difficult to actually uh, share them. Um, leads me on to my next question, really. You talked a lot about, so far you've talked a lot about how you've been handling it. You've done a lot to actually look at... Um, resolving the problem whenever it arrives uh, or depression whenever it comes up you've approached it in different ways now let's talk a little bit about treatment and and um, tell us a little bit about you know what 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 um, angles you've taken in trying to deal with it just a little bit more detail about you know treatment options or therapy or other things that you talked about you mentioned your faith and things like that or what other things could you think of and the other side of the question as well is how effective would you say they are? So if you measure the outcome of having gone through that treatment, um, be medication or therapy or any other approach, like you already talked about, the effectiveness of them, how, how have you found them? What difference? Um, I can speak personally about it and I can speak to other friends that have gone through it that have taken medication. I've, I've never taken any antidepressants. I just haven't. I've seeked counselling through relationship issues, which has also got, was brought up through anxiety. And sometimes when you're talking to someone, they're a good listener and it's good to offload to them. But I always find they don't never, they never really give you the genesis of the answer. And it's yeah. always about seek that professional help, which is good. But for me, um, where I found comfort has been the word of God and what God says about my mind and what the situation, it, that's what gives me the most comfort. Um, but I'm not going to, it's not like, this is the thing. It's not a quick fix. It's not even a fix, but it's just an, an understanding because the problems, if you don't understand what's going on, that's where people decide to commit suicide. And that's where people decide to think, you know what? People just want to be accepted and people want to be loved. Two things. I think people want to be, you know, accepted and loved and they want to be normal. You know, no one wants to. You know, think that they're abnormal because they're having this, you know, strange thoughts coming into their mind that doesn't, you know, correlate with them 
or their what they think is their DNA. So for me, it's about a process. It's a physical, mental, and spiritual process. Physically going out, having that work-life balance, um, taking some fresh air, exercising. Definitely endorphins help. Mm. That one, that it does help, right? Because you, you get the feel-good factor, you know? Mm. And also, I believe what you watch and what you see and what you hear has an impact. Mm. Straight, straight up. I was telling you what I was watching, what I was seeing in my 20s when I thought, oh, I don't have depression. People who have depression are wussies. But I was watching some crazy stuff and I was seeing some crazy things that at the time, it seemed normal. But in essence, when I look back on it, it had a huge impact on me. So what you watch, what you see, and, and things that you see around your house and society, like, has a huge impact. You're leaving kind of a print on your subconscious mind as such. 100%. I could... Sometimes, and then the other thing as well, it's like, for me, <laughs> there's a pattern or something. Like, if I have a huge argument with my missus, right, before I go to bed and I can't be asked to talk to her and blah, 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 I get some crazy mad dreams, every guaranteed, right, every single time because I'm not in a good space. If I'm watching something crazy on, on TV, you know, so for me, I want to watch something that uplifts my spirit, makes me feel good, it helps seriously with my mental health. And, um, and look, I'm not afraid of the attacks because I know they'll come now. Mm. But if they do come, God says I'm not a weirdo. God says I'm not I'm not strange. I shouldn't be fearful. I shouldn't be anxious. That trust his word. I use his word to counter counter all those little things that I'm thinking. It makes me feel accepted by him. It makes me feel loved by him. And I'm good with that. So it's not really that about the attacks, it's about how how I'm how I'm receiving those attacks i always call them attacks this is anxiety attacks you know that's not what i'm saying mm. yeah yeah so, and 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 you that you would agree that to an extent you you have found them effective because they've sort of kept you grounded or kept you um solid or kept you going in the face of each time such a um, situation arise your these approach and methods have been useful 100 percent. and you know what when i because i'm not perfect when i slide i know i'm sliding as well I definitely know I'm sliding in the wrong way. Um, and it then becomes my problem to try and get back into the right path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's difficult to explain this to some people because, you know, people think sometimes depression and mental health. And don't get me wrong, I'm not endorsing that don't go and see your doctor because I'm one of those wuss that if I fall down, I'll be running to the doctor straight away. Yeah. I would go to the doctor straight away. But... I just think there's 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 something better out there, and you know, seeking a word is um, it's a it's a breath of fresh air for me. But go and see a doctor if you feel that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to someone. Or the, the the worst thing you can do is not talk to anyone. Yeah, yeah. And try and bottle it up. That's the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just really understanding. Now you know what I'm going to try and well I'm not going to try. I will teach my children around mental health because. Mental health is not going to go away because you've got good mental health and bad mental health. But unfortunately, people don't know how to deal with a bad mental health situation. It's like exercise, you know. If you don't look after your body, you're going to get fat. Like I said to you earlier, if you don't look after your mind. You're going to you could you can lose the plot. And when you see people sometimes when you're driving the street and the people down there talking to themselves and got they've gone so far, so far on the spectrum, they've actually lost the plot. And people think, oh just strange or or like i always think that oh they're just weird but i know that look that attack is taking them somewhere that it shouldn't yeah 
this mental attack thing. So rightly said, really, there's like um, different um, thresholds. And I think therapy, um, medical um, medical support and um, uh, the spiritual support, they all sort of play a part towards keeping us uh, on, on a healthy mental uh, well-being pathway. Um, and there are different sort of um, categories. And some people have it more mildly. Some people have it more severely. And some people have it more extremely where um, the pressure around, even to the point where it becomes like a, a diagnosis of schizophrenia, where they hear things and they see things and they're so real to them. And anybody okay. else to see them, but the brain has absorbed this and the character now becomes that. And um, it's really a big challenge for a lot of people. And it's hard to put, put it like a, a one size really fits all. I'm saying the same thing again because I find that not everyone is in the same sphere as far as um, that is concerned. And as far as um, different approaches and um, trying to deal with the situation goes, um, the medical front is doing the best that they can. Um, and so are the other methods doing the best that they possibly can. But I think that um, ultimately it's a combination um, to, to, to get everyone into that space where we win at the end of it at the day and we can put our mental capacity into the right place and come out with, with, with some winning results as opposed to going down down the pathway because the results don't lie. Um, like we, we've shared a very rich uh, relationship and friendship over the years. But I also know other people who I couldn't reach them. I couldn't I couldn't reach them. The next thing that I knew was the mental situation dilapidated so poorly and so severely that they were out of touch and there was no way to communicate or reach or, or help them. And it was it's almost like it was a bit too late. And that's why today I kind of feel like if this is when we talk about things, we let it out and having someone to talk with, it, like you rightly said, is very, very important. The first place is to share, to let it out. And um, all the anxiety about the concerns about if you share the, compl- the consequence of dealing, sharing with, with someone, uh, sometimes it's not in, in comparison to the gain you'd get. Um, it's not worth bottling it and keeping it back. I completely agree with what you just said there. And it's just um, sharing is really, really important. Um, not feeling isolated is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, accepting that it's not, you're not strange. You're not weird. I mean, I did a presentation um, on mental health with the whole Microsoft team. And literally afterwards, I had people crying because they felt so relieved that they thought it was just them that were going through that situation. Um, People were crying full of joy that this topic is no longer a taboo. Um, There's help and support. My work, um, I've got a company called Health Assured, where if, you know, if you're feeling depressed and anxious, you've got like six free counseling sessions that you can go to. Um, and also they've got um, a portal where it tells you about your physical being, exercising, no smoking, cutting down, drinking, all those things that we should be doing for the physical and mind. And, and so there's lots of resources out there at the moment, which is fantastic. And that taboo subject is no, well, I don't say it's no longer, but it's, it's been exposed. You know, people are now coming out talking about it. So, now, when you talk about one in five people suffer from depression, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And depression starts young with kids. You tell me, how does that how does that pan out? Yeah. 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 So for me, it's very, very important um, topic. That we... hmm. Especially in today's world, it's hard to it's hard to ignore it. In today's world, where there's so much pressure you know, from all angles, even for young and old alike, there's so much pressure. Um, the, the, you know, for the pandemic and everything else, you know, economically. I mean, time will move on and we'll go through different challenges as a world, as a people. 
Um, no. but yeah, it continues, it goes on. Right, so um, the last question then, um, what would you suggest to someone who may be uh, experiencing early set signs of depression or severe depression and having suicidal thoughts? What would you say to them? Right then? Well, it might sound like a cliche, but do not keep it to yourself, number one. Number two, speak to someone about it. You know, whether it's professional Samaritans, you've got to speak to someone about your spiritual father if you're a Christian. Um, speak to, definitely speak to someone about it. Number three, you are not alone. Everyone is going through this. I've just given you the stats. One in five people suffer from this. You are not alone. Okay, so and then number number um four is there is an answer to this. You know, if you know that there's not an exclusive depression member or there's not there's not an ex, you know you, you're not being isolated to a situation where you think oh my god this is just me there you know there is there is an answer to it so um seek some help get some help and um as a starting point because it's a journey and it, it's ne- it may never go away but you can understand what's going on you know yeah. like a baby if you have a cold or a cough for the first time it's very daunting you think oh my god what's going on this is unusual but if you've had it before it happens you're not going to be so afraid and the worst thing it puts you on top a bit you know you get a bit more confident when you understand what really is going on so those are the key things i would say yeah yeah so so point blank if someone was thinking already you know am i am i better off if i was actually dead do i just take my life and end this whole saga that constantly goes on in my head um, or am I better on, do I keep going? Do I stay live and continue to endure this? Or am I better off just putting, just putting an end to it? Or what would you say to that person? The end situation is a delusional situation because you, you, you think it's the easiest way out. But in fact, in actual fact, at the time, it may seem the easiest way out to you, but it's, it's not, that's, that's not the answer. For me, there is an answer to it is seeking help, getting people around you, talking about it. And um, and I understand, because I always say sometimes it's like a fly being stuck in a bottle. The fly is trying to get out of it. And you just want to just let it go and just die sometimes. But um, that's not the answer because you're given into, into what that thought process, and that thought process is delusional. It's not real. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's about making sure you seek the correct answers, with the correct professionals the correct people the correct resources that will tell you that you know what you're not alone you know this is not you're not being you know pinpointed that's why i always say that the worst thing for people to think about in terms of suicide is because they think it's just them if you think about it you out of 10 people if you think you're the one that person that's completely strange and, and weird and deluded and that it's the acceptance and the love is not going to be there. And people will look and people are ashamed of what people will think and how they'll be looked at. And that's why people start to think about going into that left turn mm-hmm. into jumping off the bridge or, you know, cutting themselves. And because they, they, they think it's, they're weird. They think it's just them. They think it's just, you know, something is wrong with me. And it's a natural fact. All those nine people are going through it. You know, they all go through it. They just got different levels. Yeah, yeah. Good mental health, and there's really bad mental health. And well, bad is not bad. I shouldn't use the word bad mental health. There's severe mental health. You know, all you want to seek some help and get that reduced down. And before you re- before you know it, because I know people that 
have had suicidal tendencies and they've thought about, you know, committing suicide. They thought, you know what, what's the point? And then afterwards, you know, why was I even thinking that? Yeah. Yeah. A complete reversal. Tyson Fury was one of those people and he's one one of the guys I always look up to. He was literally on the verge of like taking his car and, and driving off the bridge. Mm. I believe him when, he, when he's talking, I believe what you say. This is someone, again, right, who had everything. His goals to become the heavyweight champion of the world. He's, he's achieved all his goals. What did he start to do? Things, drink, eat food. His life was out of control, womanizing, all those things. All those things I mentioned earlier, out of control. And before you realize it, he had enough. Life wasn't worth it. Forget his kids, forget his family, forget his wife. He just, he just wanted to end it. Mm. You know? And this is someone who seeked help. And he's a believer as well. He seeked God. Literally, he, he, he was broken so much. He went on his knees and said, God, look, I need your help. I need your help. I can't do this. I need your help. And you know what? He lost all the weight and he regained his title. What an ambassador for mental health. There you go. So I think there is the answer, really. Um, that, that's a very good example to finish off with. Um, yeah, I think for anyone uh, out there who may be wondering where where the solutions or answers will come from or feel like they've reached the end of the, the road and have just made up their mind, I, I hope that in listening to this, it's uh, brought a new perspective or just sort of refined that perspective that they already have. I uh, just want to say thank you very much for your time, Ryan. I'd really appreciate the honesty um, for sharing and um, for just for coming on board with us today. Really, uh, thank you very much. Do you have any question for me at all or for, uh, that you think would be anything else you want to share in conclusion? No, just um, keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for this time as well. It's always a, a, bless, a blessing when we always have a quick catch-up and have deep meaningful conversations but look if we if we can help someone then we're on the right track yeah thank you very much ryan appreciate it buddy <laughs> Reinhard joseph with his awesome perspective there on the subject in conclusion to anyone contemplating giving up on life because of how things may have turned out please don't give up maybe that next move may be the game changer for you if you end your life you risk hurting a lot of people, but those who know or love you at the moment and those who you were destined to associate with in the future will all feel the impact. You may say nobody cares, but that will not be fair on yourself. Remember that there were people who were once in your position, but they succeeded. Some of those people are icons and role models today. The world wants to read about your story as well. If you think you need help, reach out for it and move on. The good news is that the right treatment and support for most people with depression is available and most people with depression can make a full recovery. This and more are available on the NHS website and lots of other help and support groups and websites that are out there that are helping people of all kinds with issues to do with depression. If you or anyone you know is faced with any form of depression, try to reach out for help and keep an open mind for the values of choosing life over death. Thank you for listening. Summary of today's show is available on our website, www.themindgrove.co.uk and also on our website, you can 
sponsor the Mind Grove podcast and its affiliate charity, the Cinderella Initiative, whose aim is to relieve the needs of teenage girls living in Northamptonshire who are terminally ill, have special needs, or are underprivileged. For any comments and suggestions, email us at themindgrove at gmail.com. Until next episode, keep exploring those everyday thoughts. Cheers. Mm-hmm.